Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Hebrews chapter 6. It reads, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it, and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you still have shown for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus is gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So here in chapter 6 of Hebrews, we get probably the most significant of the warning passages that the author writes about. As we've already said several times in this book, let's not forget that this is a continuation of the thought that he left us with in chapter 5. And so the warning really begins in chapter 5, verse 11, and we talked about that a little bit last time. But let's continue the thought of the need to progress in your faith, to be growing, to be moving closer to the image and likeness of Christ, because that's what this passage picks up on. It's interesting here that he says, hey, let's move past the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Let's not forget that in some ways the focus of their faith is the elementary doctrine of Christ, who he is, what his death means, what it makes for us and makes possible for us in terms of our standing with God and our ability to be anointed by his spirit and our ability to grow and develop and move forward into these other things of maturity. And so he says, let's move on past this and let's understand what is ahead. And we do this, verse 3, if we are able to do this, it's because God is permitting us to be allowed to understand what's taking place and to grow and to develop in our faith. But verse 4 really begins this heavy thought of if we are not progressing in our faith, then we are going to be able to be in a position where we are going to, in some way, have that faith removed, and it never be brought back. So it gives us this image here of 
the lamb that has tasted of the goodness and has borne fruit and been useful, that once it stops doing that, it's going to be turned into things that are going to be burned. And so that image of, hey, this progression of your faith was going so well, but is now stopped, is brought into our mind in terms of what's happening for us as individuals. And so this actually leads to some interpretive issues. Can you lose your salvation? Or is this talking about something else? For simplicity's sake, I'm going to let us know that I believe that it is talking about something else, because if it is talking about losing your faith, it is showing this in a picture of not being able to again have that faith restored in some way. But I believe this is talking about a more serious sin in terms of the people who have actually received the fullness of the understanding of what's taking place and have then decided that they will not move forward in truth. So they understand the fullness of the resurrection, what has been communicated about it, and they understand that and they've been a part of the family of God. They've been there, been present in the meetings, been doing those different things. But as they continue to see the progression of what's taking place in their faith, They choose to not allow it to be cultivated in their life, but instead to suppress it or reject it or push it off so that it's not there and they do not allow the fruit to continue to produce, but willfully desire to go in a different direction. And so it's hard to see that take place when we have people that are represented there, people that we know have been a part of the church, they've been present, they've heard the preaching of the Word of God. We've seen them even maybe serving or doing things in different situations. But as they walk forward and they move forward in their faith and they continue to see the revelation of what God is desiring them to do, they choose not to continue to move forward. They choose not to allow the harvest to take place. They're rejecting Christ and his sacrifice. And so the warning for us is, are you allowing God's word to actually be cultivated in your life? Are you continuing to progress in your faith? Or are you complacent with that? Are you not allowing God's word to grip you? Are you not looking to seek to form and shape and mold your life into the pattern that God has laid out before you? Because if you are, it's going to be an opportunity where there are peaks and valleys. There are good times and bad. There are times when you are really striving towards God and you're doing that unhindered and other times where it's going to feel very difficult for you to do that. But the pattern of your life is focused on saying, yes, I will hear the word of God. I will cultivate it in my life. I will seek to grow and I will seek to mature in what God is trying to do in my life as he progressively reveals himself to me and calls and draws myself to him. I seek to have that happen in my life. Because when you stop that, what you're doing is saying, no, you know what? This is not really important. I'm not going to continue to do this. And in fact, you're denying the power of the resurrection and what's taking place. And you are in some ways saying, I no longer want to be a part of this. I don't want this to actually take place. And you slowly begin to fall away. And so from the outside, that can look very discouraging, saying, hey, this person that looked like they had so many good things going for them, now they're walking away. But what it shows is that inward reality was never truly grasped. And so sadly, we see in the church and we see throughout history that there have been people who have done great things for the Lord and seemingly been a part of his work in many places who then at some point walk away from faith. And so those represent warnings, just as this passage does, about the importance of allowing the gospel and allowing the word of God to be cultivated in our lives. And so let's focus on that nugget of truth today. 
Are we allowing God's word to richly be dwelling within us? Are we abiding in him? Are we cultivating the gospel in our lives? Or are we setting ourselves up for the danger that this passage mentions? As far as a question from this passage, if we look down into verse 18, it says here, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, what are those two unchangeable things that he's talking about that guarantee his promise? And so this was something that was really confusing to me as I read it. It's not a way that I would have spoken it. It's not a way that I would have written it. And so I had to look into what is it that these two things are that he's talking about. When we look back into verse 17, it says, So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, and then the verse continues. The two unchangeable things, when we look back to what it just has come off of, is the oath and the character of his purpose. So the will or the purpose of God and the oath that's taking place are these two unchangeable things. When I read it through the first time, I thought, okay, obviously, hey, God's the unchangeable one. So where's the second unchangeable thing? And so it would be weird to say, hey, it's God and his purpose, but it is his purpose and this oath that he makes because it's impossible for God to lie. He is going to follow through on everything that he has said. So those two unchangeable things that are allowing us to look at the certainty of the promise of God are his purpose, his will, and his word. And so when I say his purpose, his will, that's one thing, and his word in the oath is the second one. And so that was just something as I was reading through this, I said, hey, you know what? I need to look into that a little bit more. I need to have a greater understanding of what that's talking about. Because the first time I read through it, I didn't understand what it was saying. And so maybe you, as you read through this passage or as you read through other places in scripture, you have questions about what it says. I encourage you to follow the questions till you find the answers, to know that in doing so, you're cultivating a discipline of studying God's word. It's helping you to see what he's trying to reveal to you, and it's helping you to be able to apply it to your life. So when I look back at this passage, I see, hey, God's word and his will are never going to change, and so I know I can rely upon it. So when I read God's word today, I know that's unchangeable in its nature and its character. It's unchangeable in its desire to be continuing to progress towards the will of God and the finality of what he is looking to do with humanity, creation, the entire universe. And so it allows me to place my faith in him in a greater sense because I understand more clearly what his word is communicating to me. And so as you endeavor to do that, as you share what you're learning with the people around you, know today you are loved.